Welcome to the Sad and Buff Show, where we talk about everything at the intersection of mental health and fitness. Today, we have part two of my conversation with Coach Isaac Johnson of the No Excuse Crew. If you haven't listened to part one, I suggest you hit pause and go back and do that. It is a great conversation about anxiety, unpacking the ego, love languages, understanding each other, all of this stuff. And then we also get into a bit about dissenting and being ourselves and not caring what other people think because we stay true to our beliefs. So go ahead, pause this, go check that out, then come back and listen to how all of that translates into bodybuilding. And it's one word, discipline. So enjoy the combo. this translate to bodybuilding in terms of you were talking about Nadia um but in terms of how like you're coaching and relate to people and you have your finger up so what's up one word discipline bodybuilding teaches you discipline like so when I got myself back right when I turned 30 I because you know I was an athlete so I spent about from like 20 22 23 to 29 yo-yoing with weight and being and all these different things um, we don't have time for me to go through all of that. So we'll just talk about that. I yo yo, boom, leave it there. Um, so I, and I thought I became, I, I did, I think almost everything has levels to it. Yeah. And discipline is something that has levels to it. So I became disciplined, but then once I became a bodybuilder in that first prep, I learned about a whole different level of discipline mm-hmm. about measuring every time never eyeballing all the different like you know and everything like that when it came to uh, you know prepping you know how I attack my workouts my cardio and everything like that so now with that discipline now you start to be able to apply it to other parts of your life mm-hmm. sometimes with anxiety if you've ever had an anxiety attack a lot of it's about feeling out of control mm-hmm. discipline helps you get some level of control over things because once you master your time in time management, you all of a sudden got a lot of time on your hands. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Now, obviously, you know, the length of our podcast today, we're not <laughs> demonstrating it, but that's okay. I have, I have zero issues with it, but it's a, but it's a good issue. It's a good thing to talk about, you know, hold your time deadlines, you know, but, and, and that, but that's part of discipline and it's respecting yourself and respecting your time and everything like that. Cause when you, it's funny how shit works. Cause you said, I don't want to waste your time. You said something self-deprecating acting like to me, I've considered this a waste of time, which I 1000% absolutely do not consider it a waste of time. So I said, I will stay on longer because I'm, I, I'm enjoying this conversation because somebody is going to hear this conversation. It's going to help them. Yeah. I don't want five, 10, 15, I want, I just, I just hope one person that's every time I do something publicly, I always want, I, I can just get through yeah. one person. And so anyway, so like, so like with Nadia, like she's in the process of finding the different levels of discipline. Mm-hmm. She's in the process because she wants to like, so she posted the video somebody caught of me coaching slash cheering for her. At this point, I wasn't coaching. I was just cheering because they were, they were uh, doing the placements, right? So we actually, so on our team call last night, we were kind of talking about that. And I was saying how this year, 
you know, if you guys are in a show, I'm not going to work the show. I'm only going to coach because I want people to have that experience of me being able to cheer for them. And then I was talking about the expectations that I have for people. And Nadia got really emotional because she's somebody that's had a lot of people lose faith in her. And I've done nothing but have my faith increase in her. So she really appreciates the support that I've always given her. And, you know, so she starts, she starts getting choked up, you know, I'm like, God damn it, Nadia, you need to stop. So now I'm starting to get, you know, emotional because we always talk about that. We talk about the big hug and, 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 and it's going to be ugly crying when she gets that pro card, because, you know, that story of how hard she's worked, she came yeah. so close this year, like, ah, so close. So, but bodybuilding, you know, is a very lonely sport. Yeah. Very lonely sport. And so when you learn that discipline to work when nobody's clapping and all these different things, you start to learn about this strength that that you have, this inner strength that we, I think we all have it. It's just some people is right at the first, right at the surface. Some people you gotta, you gotta dig like you're looking for the yeah. top. You know what I mean? You just don't and you just don't know. But it's like, do you want to find it? You know, yeah. And once you find it, it's it's pretty it's pretty damn cool. I know. I, I mean, I mean, it's done so much for me, so 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 much for me. Yeah, you learn how to harness it. But I wanted to go back to the discipline um, and the wasting time and the. I think that's the other great thing about like learning that discipline is that you also learn when to let go of those boundaries. Like once you like learn discipline and you really understand where your boundaries lie. Right. And like where you want to make that clear line in the sand, you also have a better sense of what you're willing to kind of like, maybe not let go, but what you're like willing to blur a little bit. And if that may, like, if I'm saying, if I'm articulating in the right way, but I think you have more control both over your time and how you spend it. Um, and both like where you decide that it's okay if you don't have like that strong boundary. Like for me, I'm in a very long off season, right? Clearly, I'm post op right now. Um I was reading apparently it'll take I'm in my four week mark. It won't take me until six weeks until I start like stop feeling exhausted. Like I'm exhausted every day because of the healing process. It's like it's long. Your body it's a it was a major surgery. And so my body is still like healing. So I'm exhausted all the time and I can't get back to the gym until basically like the six to eight week mark. Um, so I'm in like a very long off season. So all those things that I would do in prep where I'd be like, so conscious of my, all my, I still, I still track because I need to for like my protein intake and sodium and stuff like that. Um, but I'm not like to the gram and every single thing, right? Like some things I'm like, okay, I'll just, whatever's in my fitness pal, like it seems close. I'll do it. But like, I'm okay doing that right now on my off season. Cause it's like, I'm not prepping for a stage. I'm still keeping that discipline, but I'm giving myself a little bit of that um, leeway to not be so stringent because like right now that's what I need like mentally. And I think if I give myself that time to like, I still have that again, discipline to track. I, you know, I still have that discipline to do those things, but giving myself a little bit of that leeway gives me more of that, like just mental calm when I'm ready to go back into prep, like when I'm ready to go back into bulking or doing what I need to do when I'm ever, I'm ready to like step back on stage. But I think that's the great thing about learning discipline is that you just, you also, you learn your lines. Like you learn what you're willing to put up with. You learn what you're willing to like not put up with. Like you're, you just, you learn you're, you're aligned with your purpose to use that kind of language, but like you're aligned with your purpose a lot more 
and you're aligned what you want to do with your life and you know what you want to give up. And it's like, and it's also okay to be like, you know what, I've done it and I want to give up bodybuilding. You know, maybe I'll still continue to weightlift, but like stepping on stage, hey, it's not for me anymore because I've been through it. I learned it. And now I know what I need for myself. It's like, you just, you learn a lot about yourself during, during being bought, like being a bodybuilder. You really do. Oh yeah. Well, cause you learn, cause like I always, cause I had an athlete yesterday telling me, and I'm like, in my mind, I'm saying like, finally you're working hard enough where I don't care what level you are, how great you are. If at one or two points during your prep, you don't seriously consider quitting. Like I'm talking about not like the little jokes that we make, like, oh, I'm done. No, or seriously. Yeah. Like, like, every prep I've had, I'm like, man, I don't want to do this. Why am I doing this? Da, 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 da. It doesn't last all that long. But like there have been times where it's like about 20 minutes where I'm like, I, I, I quit. Now I didn't do anything wrong or anything, but I just was like, okay, I'm not doing this. Then I'm right, then I'm right back to it. And you know, it teaches you about stick to this, you know, where you can actually stick to something because it's it's tough, it's long and it's arduous. And and it ain't easy. As yeah. corny as it sounds, because people are like, I don't want to look like that. You just know that you can't. Yes. Let's be real. You know what I'm saying? Don't you might not want to look like some of these roided up people that look like, you know, how they yeah. look. You know, no offense to them. I got love for my for my PED brothers and sisters, but you know what I'm saying? But on the natural side, it's a more achievable and attainable look. You know, mm-hmm. all these things. So I'll be like, don't, don't tell me you don't want to look like that. You just don't, you, you, you sort of recognize how hard it is to get there, you yeah. know, and, you know, and that's why I like, there's a lot of one and dones in bodybuilding and some, and people have, you know, got their pro card on the first shot. So there's a lot of one and dones because bodybuilding is a fucking beat down. Yeah. Yeah. But more than physically, emotionally. Yep. And that's why I always tell my athletes, I coach your mind way more than I coach your body. Because once I got yeah. the mind going, the body's going to follow along. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But like, if you, like, it's it's tough. It's not, and like, too many people come in thinking that they just got to work a little bit harder than what they used to do. And I'm like, oh boy, you about, you went for a real rude awakening. When you realize it's not about a couple of days of hard work, you know, you're going to begin somebody that might've been training for two years. Yeah. You know, they, cause they, I use Nadia for an example. Say, you know, Nadia, she, you know, we missed out on the pro card. So we took two years off. We're going to do all these different things. You're somebody that you say, I'm just going to do this for six weeks. And you're going against that person with two years. Yeah. And then you upset that you lost. Like, nah, you didn't work as hard. Don't, don't yeah. do that. So, and that, and that's the thing, man, with, with bodybuilding is a lot of, especially on the natural side, it's a great equalizer. Yeah, I agree. You worked hard, you know what I mean? Yeah, some people, you know, have, you know, genetic advantages and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, bodybuilding rewards hard work. Yeah. And I think you also, oh, sorry, go on. No, no, no. I was going to say, I think it also that, like, you you realize where your body fits into, right? Because we have all these different divisions and maybe the one that you want to do is not where your body fits into, going to, like, the genetic advantages or disadvantages, right? Um but I, yeah, I wanted, I wanted to go back to what you were saying about people not wanting to just do the work. I think that's the other thing too. It's like, I just wish people would be honest with themselves rather than saying, I don't want to look at like that. Just be like, I don't want to go. I know that I know that bodybuilding is a tough ass sport and I just do not have the energy to do it. Like if there, and there's nothing wrong with like being honest, not everyone needs to be a bodybuilder. Not everyone wants to be a bodybuilder. Like everything is so like personalized. It's like whatever fits to you like for me bodybuilding because it's so tough and I'm so crazy like it fits 
right? Like it fits for me. I, I am the type of person who will continue to push myself to the, I mean, granted, sometimes it's not in the best way. And I, and I'm recognizing that more and more, but I, I am so determined to shut myself up that that's why bodybuilding is a grounding force because it's like, okay, Anna Maria, like you have like 300 pounds of iron in front of you. Like, let's really, let's really see if you can do this. And it's like, I did it a couple of times. I know I'm not going to be able to go back to the gym in eight weeks and do it again. Like I haven't been able to do it again because of just the way my body is. Right. Um, but it's humbling in that way. Right. Like when you, when you are so, um, when you're just like, so determined to prove yourself wrong, like bodybuilding can be very, very humbling. Look, the same bodybuilding humbling is a, uh, a humbling statement, but it, <laughs> it's, but it's so real because people, again, you know, I'm saying like this, people don't get it when you, when you're, so you talk about 300 pounds, right? So I'll talk about benching, right? So right now I haven't done, tried to go above this, but I did 405, uh, three times the other day, right? I know when I'm in prep, those numbers aren't happening. That's that humblingness. You know what I'm saying? Because right now I'm, I'm full of food and yeah, hell yeah, let's go. But, and that's that humbling part because, and here's the other thing about humbling, right? So I don't start my prep for another about 10, 11 months, roughly. Only reason I say that is just because I don't know what the official dates for these certain shows that I want to do, right? So I know still a little bit less than years until I start prep. Everything that I'm doing right now, I am not going to see until July or August of next year. Yeah. Over a year away. The work that I'm doing now, I will not see for a year. That's humble. Yeah. Do do you do you want it bad enough to sit here and do all this work, look worse, so you can look that much better the next time you're on stage? Yeah, it's having that patience and waiting, and that's like where it becomes humbling. Is it's like you have to sit there and wait to see your progress. And and I think it goes back to what we're talking about with society in terms of fixing it. We also live in a society where they want they want us to, or they want us to see the results right away. Like you need to see it right away. You need to see it right away. Everything has to happen right away. And if it doesn't happen right away, um, if you're not doing it enough, and it's like, that's not the way progress works. Like progress needs to be sustainable. It's not linear for that for one, but two, it also has to be sustainable. Otherwise it's not really progress because if it's not sustainable, you're going to go back 10, 20 steps. Like you're going to fall like all the way down a few levels just to get back to where you were like three years ago or something. And, you know, timeline's weird, but you know, that's just one thing. Like it has to be sustainable. I was having a conversation or a very quick conversation um, with a client of mine and he was just worried about the way he was losing weight. I'm like, okay, you got to understand like if you, because he's in a cut right now, it's like, okay, if you, you're going to see a drop, like a quick drop in weight because we're cutting your carbs. Like, water retention is going to go like that. Like, don't, if, if we're seeing three pounds every single week for the last next three months, then yeah, maybe we need to have a conversation about the way that's going. Cause that's probably not what have the way it should be going, yeah. but it's like, he didn't, it, he didn't even lose that much in five days, but I think he's never been in a cut before. So it's kind of like, there are things that he's learning, but I say that to say, it's like, 
yeah, you might have like that quick, like you, you'll see results quick in like a week or two because you're making a change in your nutrition or you're making a change here. And so your body's going to respond to that, right? Your body responds to stimulus, to stimuli. Um, but true progress is slow and it's arduous and it is frustrating and it is not linear. And we, you know, when we keep getting beaten down with that, it's like, ah, oh, this week was shit or this week was, this month was shit. Um, it's just, you have to keep in mind, it's like a year from now though. It's just mm -hmm. going to be so amazing, but it's just so hard to keep that in mind at the same time. It's, and it's what I tell my lifestyle clients. I was like, the real coaching doesn't start till after about two to four weeks. Yeah. Because that's, that's the window where everybody quits, whether they've done it on their own or whatever like that. Or if they get these half-assed fake coaches that don't know how to make the adjustments because they're not trying to figure out your BMR. Because I tell people, the first four weeks, I'm trying to figure out your BMR. There's a lot of things that we can do, da-da-da-da, but I need to figure it out, which yeah. is why people think it's people think it's a money grab. It's not. That's why I tell people, like, if you're not willing to commit to me for 90 days up front, I can't do it. Yeah. I can't get month to month because if you, whatever, because you may tell me the truth, you may not. You may say, I'm okay with only losing four pounds the first month. Yeah. You lose four pounds, you're pissed off, you quit, you leave. You know what I mean? You don't even realize, hey, we're figuring out your BMR. We actually might have hit your BMR perfectly. And guess what? You're going to continue to be in that one and a half and two and a half pounds for the next three to four months. You add that up. Now you've lost 20, 30 pounds and then you're happy because most of that was fat. Yeah. So now without me going you know, too long winded about that, but that's what it comes down to, because a lot of people don't realize what, what you're what you're saying. Almost any diet, keto, this, that, the third first two weeks is great. Yeah, so that's what's in that, but it's in that window of the first two to four weeks, and the progress slows down. That's where a lot of these fake coaches they don't know what to do. They they press the cardio button. Are you doing thirty minutes an hour? You know they they do all these things they don't understand, and then they they don't have the confidence or the success. And the confidence comes from actually knowing what you're doing to yeah. be able to explain to the client this is why we're doing what we're doing. So when we're at the, so when, we're, when I'm at the beginning in the initial consultation phase. I'm telling them why they need to commit to 90 days. Yeah. And then, and then this is, this is, this is what hurts them. So I'll say to them, I'm like, all right. Cause you know, I have a background in sales. So I know how to frame the question. I'll say, them, all right. So the, the financial cost. So, um, so it's the, it's the fact that you have to pay this upfront is why you don't want to do it. Right. Well, yeah. So, so if you had that to give, you would, you would do it right now. So then I tell them like, this is what you're going to do. If you want to work with me, you're going to save up. So that way you can pay that. At, you know, and then we can get started. And they're so shocked because they're so used to trainers. <gasps> oh, come on, come on, come on, come on. Not I. Yeah. Not I. I've done it too long. I don't, I don't need to do that. And the thing is, they don't understand. Like, when somebody pays me for a result, I'm responsible. You have to supply the work, but I'm responsible. You know, when you're not telling me about all the times you stopped at Whataburger and all that other stuff, you know what I'm saying? Like, I remember I saw... Tell a funny story real fast. So I had a client, right? It was a larger person and I had to get a break job done, right? So I actually took Uber to the gym, met with them. And I was like, hey, can you take me? They said, hey, no problem. Got into their car, Chick-fil-A and all this stuff. And I'm just sitting there and then she, so she tried to pull the, I'm going to give you the half honest, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, only one of those was for me. The other time I was like, I didn't even, I was like, man, you think I'm stupid. Come on, hell. But long story long, when it comes down to what we do as coaches, 
it's our job to explain to these people why they need to commit, how the plan is going to go, yeah. and things like that. You know what I mean? And and that's going to separate because there's again, you know, I call this out. There's a lot of fake and half-ass coaches out there. Mm-hmm. I tell them it's like if your coach doesn't, if you talk to your coach and they don't know what your BMR is or you know why they're trying to find it, you got to run. That yeah. person has no clue what they're doing. And I'm talking, they yeah. need to explain what BMR is, not just that they know the term. That they, you yeah. know, because that's where weight loss essentially starts. Yeah. And I and I I'll tell clients too, like I will never commit to a like I will never commit to a pound, like a, a, a number of pounds that they'll lose. Like I will never commit to that. I'd be like, it all depends on your body. It all depends on what we find and like what you can lose. It all depends on like the muscle mass you're building. Like it all depends on how you're recomping. Like I'm not going to sit there and say you're going to lose 20 pounds in three months because more than likely if we're cutting your carbs to like a low ass level, that 20 pounds is probably mostly just water or like mostly just from that. And like that's, you know, and I'll go into that whole spiel. So I'm like, I'm not going to give you a number. I know what you want to lose. And I get that you have a set number for yourself and that's one metric, but this is why progress photos come in. And this is why we log what we do in terms of our weight and like our endurance and our abilities, because progress is not just that number on the scale. Cause I know at the weight I'm now is a hundred looks a hundred percent different when I was the same weight when I was younger and I wasn't bodybuilding. And so like, we can't necessarily always go by that number on the scale. And like for some people, they may lose 30 pounds, but they may still look heavier than you. And you've only lost 10 in three months, right? Like it's, it's just, there's so many different factors, but it also, again, like you said, BMR, like I also explain a whole neat. I'm like 10% of your weight loss is going to be from exercising. Everything else is going to be your nutrition and your non-exercise activity. So like, let's walk more, let's do more shit. Like don't, you know, yeah, Stairmaster is great. And that'll give you an extra burn, but like, there's so many other things that are going to contribute to your weight loss that like, and it's like, also, I'm sorry, now I'm going on a rant because the one thing I can't stand is when people um, interchange weight loss and fat loss. Like that's one thing I'm just like, okay, are we going for weight or are we going for fat? Cause we could absolutely do weight loss. Like we can just put your carbs to zero and we'll be good. Like we can absolutely do weight loss, but it's like, is that what you really want? Like, do you want to see the lower number in the scale or do you want to feel good and look good in your body? Like, what is it that you really want? You know, everybody says, Oh, I want to feel good and look good. But then they get mad when the scale is not moving. Yeah, exactly. And then I, then I send them their progress pictures. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. So like, um, I mean, I've been open about like my skin removal surgery and everything like that, but you know, not to say like, I didn't like the weight I didn't gain was fat over the last year. Like, obviously there was fat there. Um, but like, I couldn't tell how much of it really actually was muscle because it's like, again, body dysmorphic, like thoughts and just like comparing yourself to previous versions of your body and this and X, Y, and Z. Um, so like, I'm looking at my body and it's like the first thing I thought, I'm like, wow, that really is all thigh. Like that weight on that scale really is just all my thigh and ass that I grew from doing my Peloton. Because like I got that extra skin removed. Um, and I but I say that to say like the pound, the the pound, like my weight on the scale didn't change that dramatically between before the weight loss surgery and and after. I mean, it did change, obviously. Like I had a lot of loose skin taken off of me, but um, but the thing is it's like, but I see the way my body looks. 
And then again, if I compare that to who I was at 21 years old or 30, or that maybe, maybe not 30, but like if I compare myself at 21, even yeah, 32, 33 at the same weight, I'm like, oh, wow. Like clearly like I've made a lot of differences and changes. And like now, unless I'm in prep, like I don't even care about the scale anymore. Like it's a good, it's a good metric to like yeah. keep in mind as like one tool, but it's like, after you see how your body changes, it's like, what weight does that really carry anymore? Yeah. I, I just, I use a scale to monitor things. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And I was having that conversation with a friend of mine. I'm like, these, unfortunately we live in a society where we tie too much emotion to these tools that we use. Um, and it's like, you have to learn to do the work to dis, like disengage your emotion from it. And yep. it's hard, but it's hard in the society where it's like, you know, you have like, there are certain expectations of you, particularly as a woman, right? Like there's certain expectations of the way you look, there's certain expectations of the weight you have and the size of your clothing. Um, and so there's, it's really easy to wrap up your emotions, but like through bodybuilding, I was able to actually disengage from like the scale and from food tracking. Like that for me now, it's like, my fitness pal is just a tool to track what I'm eating. So I know what I'm doing for my health and like what my patterns are and like, what times do I crave which foods and like making like, just, it ends up being a metric. But it's honestly, going back to the mental health and emotion stuff, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work to kind of disengage from those, from things that have become so emotional for people. Amen to that. Yeah. and that's you know and that's what happens as a coach because you gotta and that's why I that's another reason why when I tell people about committing 90 days I'm like look it takes me six to eight weeks to learn you yeah because because like the, the plan that I give people the first four weeks is solely based off of their weight that's it that first four weeks solely based off of their weights learning stuff everything like that People, it drives me nuts when people say they can get a custom plan based off of a conversation. How? Yeah, you can. Like, because I mean, it's not it's not that you're gonna lie to me per se, but it's like I need to know. You told me you could do five days a week, but you really only do three days a week. This, like, all these different things, I need to learn you first before mm -hmm. I can really. And the only way to learn you is not from one conversation. We're not good friends because of one conversation. Yeah. One good conversation started it, and then it's uh, the other conversations that built it. It's the same thing as a coach. And, you know, again, and I think it shocks a lot of people when I speak to them because trainers are so eager to build their businesses and things like that. They are shocked that I am taking time. And I let them know it's like it's not a money grab because if it was a money grab, I tell you, I'll be charging you what I'm actually worth. Yeah. Like when I tell you, they're like, wait, what? I'm like, yeah, because like I and I always say I do it to help, not hurt. And then people people laugh and get mad. But I tell them, I'm like, the, always the people that tell me about my prices that I need to be higher, they all are somebody's employee. Mm -hmm. I am somebody's employee. And my mom always, she was like, Isaac, you need to be careful saying that. I was like, no, I need people to understand there's a different animal when you're out there feeding yourself. It's, it's an entirely different animal. And until you understand it, you have to understand the economies of scale. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. You know what I mean? Because now I know I know where I want to be in a few years. And I mean, I'm, I'm not scared to say it. I want to have on the lifestyle side, five to 10 
high paying clients because I'll have the time to service them the way they need, still have the competition team. And that's it. That's what I, that's what I want. I want to step back, but I want to develop people under me, you know, you know, things like that, but that's where I want to get to. And that's, and I act in that manner because like, there's a reason why I have, I pay for schedule a scheduling service. There's a reason why I have these things in place. Cause I have people want to go back and forth with me and text. And these are people I don't know. So it's another thing. It's like a friend of mine, whatever, I'm going to text you because, you know, we're friends, but like asking me all these questions, second I send them that link to schedule, all of a sudden now they don't got no more questions, mm-hmm. you know, because they're so shocked. Like, am I a friendly person? Yes. Um, If you come to me as a referral, will I answer some questions? Yes. But I tell people, man, I was like, yo, tell your referral. Like, don't give them my number. I have to tell people this. Like, I don't want because they want to just, you know, text me all like my time is money. I want to choose like this. I am choosing to be here right now. This yeah. is money. you see what I'm saying? I booked because when, when we first talked about this, I booked enough time because I, I was like, because there's other things we need that we were supposed to talk about, which I hope we have time to offline. But yeah, <laughs> like I, um, you know what I mean? Like I choose to do this. And the other thing, like when you're sitting there texting me about business and I'm not getting paid for it, I'm sorry. You know, I'm only, I'll give you a little bit, but it's just like why I don't do free consultations anymore. Too many no shows. I'm getting paid for my time. Yeah. So I'm going to make on, on the lifestyle side, I want to make my ten dollars because I wait for you five minutes. Because now, if you extrapolate that, you know, you do the math. It's like okay, that's what I made for an hour. Okay, not bad. No, I'm not mad. Not quite as mad. Competition twenty dollars. Those are the, that's the cost for the console. Because like, because people, I'm like, yo, if you want to go have a console with the best lawyer, right? Nine times out of ten, it's not going to be free. And you know, guess who the free console is going to be with? Their paralegal, or it's not going to be yeah. with. That. With that person, you know what I'm saying? So they catch you. Oh, free consultation. And that person's you just going through a screening process before you got to pay. And a lot of people, you know, because then the other thing is, and this is all business owners understand something. If somebody screens billing issue right at the beginning, listen to that. Yeah, a hundred percent. Because like if they if somebody's really bitching about paying 10 or 20 dollars for a consult, when I start talking about what they got paid to have me as their coach, they're not gonna want to pay that. Or they're not going to be able to. So I'm not dealing with that. And then the other thing, and I learned this when I was in corporate. If somebody is a problem before you've exchanged money, imagine how much of a problem they're going to be once you've exchanged money. And now you actually, in, in essence, owe them because they paid you for a service. So yeah. if you if you a headache beforehand, I I do one of two things. I either charge you the annoying tax, <laughs> so your price is a lot higher, or I'm not dealing with you. You know? And, I, and I'm not scared to say that. No. You know, some people are, not me. No, but that, again, that's showing your boundaries and like you're showing people who you are and that's what it matters. Like, that's what matters. I mean, I think for me personally, I don't charge consultations, but again, again, where my niche is, a lot of people, like the, the information's not out there, right? And like, so for me, I, and of course, like I'll have business coaches be like, no, you should charge this and this and that and that and this. And it's like, okay, I get it. Like if I had a broader range of clients, maybe my prices would be extremely high. Fine. But I am servicing a niche that does not have that information out there. That to me personally, the education matters more than whether, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not hurt for money, if you will. Right. And so like, for me, this is like a, not, this is not saying anything against you, by the way, just like, 
you know, uh-huh. when you when you learn about yourself and you know what's important to you, it's like for me, it's like, yeah, I'm gonna charge, I'm gonna charge reasonable prices because at the end of the day, there is a group of people out there who are not getting this information from other people or who are getting conflicting information from coaches and from doctors. And I'm here providing that middle ground approach that needs to be taken because I both am educated in it and experienced in it. Right. And so, you know, it's understanding like, and it goes back to like knowing your boundaries, knowing your purpose, knowing what you want and like being strong in it and being like, Hey, this is who I am. And like, you're not going to change my mind because this is the vision you have for yourself. That's what it ends up coming down to too, right? Like people give you advice because they have that vision for themselves, not for you. It's like, are they giving advice for you or are they giving advice for themselves because they they think they know it's right and they think it applies to everybody? My simple thing, a lot well, life is cause and effect. Why yeah. do I charge for consults? I had too many no-shows. Yeah. Got tired of it. It's wasting my yeah. time. This is the other thing. Somebody blocks and schedules that time Somebody else can't block and schedule that time. And nine yeah. times out of 10, somebody's going to pay or already paid. So now not only, you know, so I'm, I'm double losing out. So that's, yeah. I mean, that's because I, I fought it for a long time, you know, and but that's why I like my pricing. I haven't changed my lifestyle pricing in three or four years. I just raised my competition pricing. I literally just raised it. And I was only because Jacqueline kept yelling at me. <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? So, but so that's what I'm saying. Like, why people do what they do is why they do what they do. I'm never yeah. gonna like, you know, if I'm close to somebody, I might give them some unsolicited advice. But somebody asks me, I'll tell them. But you know what I mean? Like, I really try to stay away from people with pricing structure because there's a reason why they're doing that. Yeah. Sometimes because they're starting that. And I've so I've I've told some people, I'm like, look. I know some of these people that try to jump into the, you know, the bodybuilding coaching game and they coming out with these crazy prices because they see what other established yep. people are doing. I'm like, because like, so again, I use Nadia as an example. I told her, I was like, when you get into this business, you need your first five to 10 clients. Don't charge them. Yeah. Because you need a book. You need to be able to show these are my results. You need to do that. And 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 you tell them, hey, stay with me for three months, for, and then you pay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Get ten people, four or five of them will probably stay on. Maybe in like, depend on you know how much they have to lose and you know whatever, whatever. But that's the thing. If you do, you believe in yourself enough, because you know that comes like look, you know, most successful products they offered that for free, they offered it for free for a little bit to get to yeah. get the, to get the buzz. Same thing with your with your guys. That's what I did. My first few clients, you know, it was free. And yeah. it shows what I can do. And then it, you know, you know, blossom from there. But that's people aren't sometimes they don't believe enough in what they do. I believe. Mm-hmm. You know, I believe, I believe, I believe. And I got the results behind me to show, hey, his program works. He knows what he's doing. So yeah. No, but it was a great conversation. I am gonna start. We are gonna wrap up now. So tell so everybody what. It's going to be one long, I'll even note that it's an extended episode and everything. And people are going to take, listen to it while they're driving somewhere or doing work or maybe laundry. I don't know what adults do anymore. Um, But it was so great to chat with you. I'm really glad we had this conversation and went all over the place and I love it. Um, So tell everybody where they can find you. Oh, so you can find me, uh, you know, Instagram is my big time home, you know, so at the no excuse crew. Not the no excuses team, not the no excuses crew at 
the because there's only one registered trademark no excuse crew um or you can find me on my well it used to be my athlete page but now it's kind of becoming more personal it's at ij underscore natty pro 11 so those are the uh, two instagram pages um website no excuse crew the no excuse crew.com um I mean, go to the Facebook, but you know, Instagram is where it's at. With, with yeah. so yeah, that's where that's where you, that's where you can find me. You know, talking my talking my ish. Um, and tell them about the website so they could get our shirts that we're wearing. Oh, so the um, so, <laughs> so the, for the gear, it's uh, actually uh, tnecstore.com. So I separated them, and for all you business folks, remember, not everything sells and ships the same. So I was having an issue. Somebody would buy a program and buy a shirt and then the, the things would get screwed up. So that's why one site, you can buy programs and find out the information. The other side, if you want, oh wait, we're not on video, but we're on video here. You want shirts or anything like that. That's where you can go to get it. Um, and I will say, so the shirt I'm wearing is uh, Leave Me Alone, I'm in Crap. I will wear it to the gym and I will, I I remember a few times where people just gave me looks and I'm like, Listen, even if it didn't have the back, do I look like someone? I do not have the face of someone that you should come up to. Let's just put it that way. Like I I am not that person. So it's like now I'm just telling you on my shirt, like leave me alone. Like if yep. you had that thought, just don't do it. Yep. Back on well, up. Thank you so much for coming on and chatting with me. Uh, we have to do it again because it was a lot of fun. Definitely. If you liked this episode and other episodes of the Sad and Buff Show, please write a review and rate it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite shows. What I'm trying to do with this podcast is raise awareness about an issue that is often co-opted and wrapped in a pretty bow and called mindset and wellness. And while those things matter, we really need to start talking about mental health in plain honest language and not in a language that is meant to sell products and i hope that you get a lot out of what i've produced so far and understand the message and coming along for the ride i love it i appreciate it and i am here for you this is your safe space so please please return the love if you can if not that's fine continue listening because it's greater than that so have a good one